what a week it's been, uh, the House of Prayer Church family, and especially, uh, not just me, I don't think, but last Sunday afternoon, had the privilege of, uh, of going down to Canton and uh, shared in the uh, uh, service for Miss Blank's tipping in her funeral service uh, last Sunday. Then Thursday, uh, one of our young coaches that coached upward football last fall uh, and his stepson played, he was 32 years old, uh, helped do a funeral for him. Uh, then, of course, Wanda Seidler, uh, Melissa Singleton's uh, aunt, passed away this week. Her service will be Thursday. Then Frank is with us this morning, uh, Frank Combs, right back here. And Frank's bride, Miss Janai, uh, went home to be with the Lord this week. Her service will be next Sunday. And uh, Ray and Melissa had just just left uh, to go to Michigan um, after Wanda passed away, and uh, her services set her time for her services. Ray and Melissa went to Michigan, where Ray's brother-in-law was was undergoing treatments for cancer. They got to Michigan yesterday. Got there Friday. Then uh, his brother-in-law passed away yesterday. So it's just kind of been it's it's been one of those uh, wow weeks. Um, but it reminded me, I know last Sunday afternoon, the scripture that, that the Lord had brought to my mind for Miss Blanche was Psalms 119, uh, verse 15, that says, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints or the death of his children. It's, it's, a, it's a very priceless, uh, valuable, precious time. And uh, thinking about that, there's there's a lot of, uh, scripture has a lot to say about, uh, there's a lot of things in Scripture that are precious, that are of great value. In, uh, well, in Psalms 139, verse 17, he tells us that, that the Lord's thoughts, he says, how precious also are your thoughts to me, O Lord, how great is the total of them. Uh, and, the, and just to, to realize that you're on God's mind, we're on his mind. We're not only, he only has us in his heart. He not only uh, went to the cross to redeem us from sin and to give us a, a new hope and a new uh, lease on life, a new life, literally, but that he's, he's thinking about us. His thoughts are, are toward us. They're precious. And then in 1 Peter, uh, Peter would write to a group of Christians that were undergoing a lot of persecution. And he, he reminds them that their, the trying of their faith was precious. He says, the trying of your faith been much more precious than of gold. Uh, and, and so he, he, he's just reminding them that it's when, when God allows them to go through those times of testing and when they stand firm and when they continue to walk out that faith in him, even though it's not easy and even though everything doesn't look like, it's, like you're supposed to be praising him, you praise him anyway. Pastor Darrell, the scripture that you brought to us about worshiping and coming to his presence, when you do that anyway, that that's valuable to the Lord, it's precious to the Lord. Uh, and then uh, the one that I, I shared uh, about God's, uh, the death of his children. And then First Samuel chapter 3 tells us that in the days of Eli the priest, <clears throat> that God's word was precious in those days. And that's where I want to kind of focus in this morning is of the great value. The, 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 the really can't put a price tag on the, on the importance of, of, of God's word. It's a, it's a Danish philosopher, Soren, uh, I'm, going to, I'm not even going to pronounce his last name. 
ends in a guard. <clears throat> but he tells a story about uh, criminals breaking into a jewelry store. And they broke into a jewelry store. They didn't steal anything, but they rearranged all the price tags. So that the next morning, when the jewelry store opened, all the expensive jewelry was sold as costume jewelry, and all the costume jewelry was sold at an expensive price. And he, he tells a story to just highlight uh, the, the, the importance that sometimes the price tags have been rearranged and that our, in our world today. One of the things that I see is that the price tags have been rearranged. What's of great value now has become common or of less value. And that which is really temporary and fleeting has now our society and our culture has put a high price tag on it. Well, right in the middle of God's word. Uh, remember when we used to do the, the sword drills and you kind of get your you, you feel because you get middle. If you open your Bible to the middle, you're probably going to open to the book of Psalms. Okay, that Palms. You're open to the book of Psalms, and uh, and Psalms right the kind of right in the middle of the, of our Bible, and and Psalms in the one nineteen, the longest chapter in all of Scripture. You know how many verses Psalms one nineteen has? How many? Yes, it's got a bunch. How many? 120, more than that. 100 how many? 50, more than that. It, it's got 100, somebody look at 176 verses. Wow. Now, how about memorizing that chapter? You know, I, when, when, you, when you was going back, when you had to, you know, let's memorize a chapter, I'd always go into for Psalm 117. That's the shortest chapter in the Bible. I think that's a couple of verses. But Psalms 119 176 verses. And listen now, every one of those 176 verses, every one has a reference to God's word. What, a, what, a, what an importance. To me, it's like, it's like the, the, as the Holy Spirit was moving upon the writer of that Psalms, that he got, he got to thinking about all significance of God's word, all the importance of it, and he just didn't find a stopping place. Now, he's referred to in those verses, sometimes it's referred to as, as God's statutes. Sometimes it's his commandments. Sometimes it's his precepts. Sometimes it's his testimony. Sometimes it's God's word. But every verse highlights the importance of his word. Craig's got a, a little video this morning. I think it's just a minute. But it's so important. Just again, remind us, take a look at this. It's meant to be opened, explored, pursued. It's made to be read, reread, applied, and used. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, with wisdom, life-changing, to lead us on. It's made for guidance, to teach us His ways, showing what's true, right, and worthy of praise. It's meant to be hidden deep in our hearts, daily examined as the morning starts. No greater glimpse of God do we have, a lamp to our feet and
and a light to our path. You know, it's foundational. And, uh, and, and for the Christian life, God's word, uh, I, it's imperative, it's essential, it's necessary. And you'd think, duh, everybody knows that. But uh, I think it's important to remind us of that. And, and here at the House of Prayer Church, growing up in the House of Prayer Church, it's been a blessing to me because there's always been this strong, strong emphasis upon reading his word and upon committing his word to memory and upon obeying his word. Uh, the attendance boards, they're at, out in the foyer all the way to the end now, but the, the attendance boards, we used to put up there how many people were here, how many people uh, were in Sunday school for worship, the offering. And we had, a, we had a place for daily Bible readers. So every Sunday, the Sunday school teachers would not only get a count of who was here, but how many had read the Bible every day that week. And, uh, and, and we've, we've continued trying to emphasize that with the, the, the daily Bible reading plans. Uh, and we, we make those available to kind of help us give us a, a format or a skeleton to build upon. And if you read the big, the booklet one, you read through the Bible, Old Testament once, New Testament, I think twice, Psalms a couple of times, and Proverbs 12 times a year. I mean, you really, it just, it just keeps us going. And if you read through the little, little NAE daily Bible reading plan, which Barbie and I are reading through now, you go through the Bible in a year. And, I, and I've had so many of you say, you know what? I, last year I did, I, for the first time, I read through the Bible all the way through it. It just, you know, started in Genesis and ended up in Revelation. I read through it. And it's just, it's neat. It's so uh, foundational. Uh, it, it's that we, that we encourage as many ways we can to just continue to do that. Matter of fact, it started for me early when I was uh, 1959, the summer of 1959. And I'd given my heart to the Lord, just got saved. And my great-grandmother, great-grandma Kelly, out at her uh, little house one day, and she always had a jar that she, uh, she kept shortbread and she kept cookies in and she had a lid and she'd, she'd bring it out. Some, I know kids would go there. And she brought it out and gave me a, a piece of shortbread and she said, now, I, I understand you got saved this week. Yes, ma'am. You got a Bible? Yes, ma'am, I do. She said, bring it to me the next time you come. So I told mom and dad next time I brought my Bible and she wrote in the front of my Bible. This is what she wrote. She wrote, this book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book. And I, carry, I continued to carry that Bible and for, for many, many, many years, I think I've still got where she wrote that in there. And I thought, man, that was powerful, but it's kind of a paraphrase of Psalms 119.11, right? And you know this, thy word have I hid in my heart, what? That I might not sin against you. Now, it's, it's, it's so reading that and understanding that, it's like, that God's word in us, when we, when we put it in our minds and when it gets in us, that God's word, I think the word I was looking for this morning, Jack McKechnie shared with me, it's like a lighthouse warning us that we'll be going along and all of a sudden God's Holy, the Holy Spirit or the word of God will warn us, don't go there, don't do this, don't say that, or go, go here or do this, but it, it, it's giving us that direction in life. Now, someone... Uh, and I guess just in sharing this, it's important for me as a, as a, as a pastor and transitioning here to, to Jeff and Pete and, 
And these guys and gals, and Daryl and Mildred, that are amazing. And it's just important for me to know that one of the things that I've emphasized, if, 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 if you come through this morning and if you've sat through in the ministry the, the, the last few years or 30-something years at the House of Prayer, and you come through it with a greater appreciation of God's Word, and not only a greater appreciation, but you're, you're, you're encouraged to read it. And then to not only read it, but surely but to listen to it and obey it. But then I think any ministry that does that, it's not been a, it's not been a failure. So that's what my desire this morning is that we're going to leave here more excited about, hey, this is God's word. This, this is, uh, you know, it's, it's really like God's love letters to us. First service I was here in a, a teenager at home, and uh, my sister got married and moved out, so I got her bedroom, and uh, I found a box, a shoebox, full of her old love letters from Bill. This is Janie Dyer, where Bill had written her. Oh, they were dripping with sweet stuff. <clears throat> Later on, after Barbie and I were married, I, I really kind of... I was accused of plagiarizing some of his love letters when, when Barbie and Janie got together and, and sharing about what was in those, those notes, Bo. And, and I just tell you, I, 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 Bill had such an elegant way with words, and it worked. He had married Janie, so now they've been married. I was telling somebody, I don't know, 60 years or longer. I, I don't know how long, but it worked. And I thought it worked for him, and it, it worked for me. So, by the way, you know, so I, I was accused of plagiarism. I own up to that. I probably did. But it was, it was back in the day. Those days, we didn't have cell phones, guys. You don't know how you, would, you know how you carry on relationships or court without cell phones. We did have telephones. They were old, the, the dial-up kind, and we had a party line, uh, you know, and that's where you could get all the gospel if you picked up and wasn't heard picking up. You know, you could listen to what was going on. Uh, but Barbie didn't have a telephone over in Murphy. And uh, nowadays, nowadays, you just, young kids, they're dating, they get on the phone, and all they do is just breathe heavy. And I've, and I've watched some of them, you know, what are you doing? Talking to my girlfriend, yeah, instead of word. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. But back in my day, you had to word something out. So, so it's like those love letters. So Janie had kept these love letters. And to me, God's word is his, is his love letters to us. It tells us how much he loves us. It tells us how he loved us. And it tells us how he not only loved us, but he loves us and he wants that relationship as we walk out that relationship with him. Now, I know that there's, sometimes people say, well, pastor, you know, I know, I know God's word's important and I know I need to be reading it, but every, but every time I start reading, especially when I start trying to read it through, you know, I do all right. And then I get to those begats and begots and I can't even pronounce them names. Obviously, they're not from here, right? They're, you know, they're not a Dyer or Collins or Helton or, you know, something. They're not, they're not from here. Can't pronounce them names. And then you get over there into, into the Leviticus and Numbers and all that. And, man, you get everybody bringing a bowl, and they all weigh so, weigh so many ounces or so many shekels. And, and then you read, and every one of them is the same. And you wonder, why, why didn't they just say they all brought bowls and they all weighed the same? You know, Pastor, I get bogged down in that stuff. And, and then I've had people say to me, Pastor, okay, I understand. I understand what you're saying, but why? I, I, I don't understand it when I read it. I don't understand it, and I and I'm thinking, I, I know where you're coming from. I know where you're coming from, 
And, and, and I hope and pray that, you know, get, I want you to, God wants you to understand. He wants you to understand his love for you. So it, it, there's two thoughts I want to share with you about this whole idea of the importance of reading his word. And if you don't, if you're not getting it or if you're just not excited as you can be. Um, first one is, is from an old philosopher, I think his name was Will Rogers, right? Remember, some of you remember him in American history. And somebody asked Will Rogers one day about God's word and about reading and about the part they didn't understand. And this is his words. I'll never forget what he said. I read these. I wasn't there when he said them, okay? But he said, yeah, I read this. I'm really good at reading letters. <laughs> he, said he said, it ain't the part that I understand that bothers me. He said, it's what I do understand that gives me a hard time. I thought, wow, that is good. That's good. It's that part, we'll understand enough. You just walk in the light as he gives us light, and he'll give us more light. When we get to the end of that light, there'll be more light there. And then the second thing, when I, when I hear people talk and say that, uh, the, the, the second thing that it reminds me of, it reminds me of, and this is what I told Zach I was going to title this morning's message, Saturday Night Baths. Saturday Night Baths. Now, um, I know that uh, as you get older, and I, I, I am not there yet, but I'm moving in that direction, okay? So I understand that, that what I say, some of y'all are going to look and say, I don't, I don't even know what he's going to say. And I, matter of fact, I hadn't understood much of what he said the first 10 minutes. I, you know, I, I, I'm capable of doing that to you. Uh, but growing up, in, in the first house, my first remembrances of growing up, we had a house, we had, we had running water, we had cold water. Did not have an indoor bathroom, had an outhouse. Um, and uh, the second house we moved to, we, we didn't have, we had hot and cold water in the house, but we still had our little trail to the outhouse. And it was the third house that we moved into that Daddy and Mom built, and they had a bathroom. Man, that was, we had, and had a tub in there. But growing up, we, every, every Saturday night was bath night. Now, Ma, and Mom would bring out the big wash tub. And we, we, she put water in there, and then she heated up water on the stove. And she would, she would, she would pour that hot water in there. To just, it was just a little bit under scalding, all right? It, it wasn't like you were gonna, it wasn't like you were gonna pluck a chicken and scald it. But it was, it was she wanted it hot enough so it get dirt off. Okay, and it wasn't like, maybe it's growing up. I don't remember us stinking. I mean, I mean, we we had wash rags. And we would, we would wash during the week. You know, you use soap and water. But Saturday night, I remember her, I remember her saying, you're going to get a bath where you need it or not. Okay? And uh, it was interesting because after, after first service, uh, Woody Woodmancy came up. He grew up in Indiana. And he grew up, of course, he grew up in town and they had all these luxuries. But he said he, he visited his cousin out in the country. And he said it was Saturday night. And they, they got the wash tub out, and they said, you're, and he said, what are you doing? They said, well, it's bath night, but he said, you're, you're visiting, so you get to go first. <laughs> it's true. And so Woody asked me, did you go first? I said, shoot, no, man. Uh, I didn't get to go first, you know, and, but you just, you reheated it up. Now, I tried to vet, I think that's, to me, the old saying you've heard, don't throw the baby out with the bath water, Okay. And we tried to vet that this week. Katie, I know, and you just reached down and kissed him and saying, God love, honey, you ain't having to go through this. But uh, by the time you got to the, some of the younger kids, you didn't want to go under, you might not be found, all right? <laughs> so, but it, but it reminds me of this, this second thing about reading God's word reminds me 
of Saturday Night Mass. You, you, may, you may not think you need to read God's Word, okay? Or you may not feel like you're getting a lot out of it when you read God's Word. But listen, whether you think you need it or not, you need to do it because the people around you are going to really appreciate the fact that you're reading His Word and His Word has a, a, a changing effect on our lives, a difference on our lives. Matter of fact, there are so many things that, that it reminds us of. Psalms 119, uh, verse 9 uh, is a good one. And it reminds me of Saturday Night Bath because Psalms 119, 9 says this. says, wherewithal, says, uh, no, 9, Pete, or Craig. says, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, but by taking heed to his word. Now, I don't know about you, but sin... To me, sin can make me feel dirty. Okay, it, it makes me feel dirty, and especially when I've sinned and I'm, I'm not dealing with it. Uh, you know, I'm not dealing. With it. We need to. Old fellow says we need to keep short accounts with the Lord. When we sin, we need to confess our sins because He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us. This is Psalms. Well, this is First uh, John one. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. First John one nine. But when we sin, it has a way of making us feel dirty. And, of course, Satan emphasizes that. Uh, and so as a, as a, realize this, that as a young man or as an older person, any person, that God's word cleanses us. Matter of fact, that's what he says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 and 26. It's in the whole context of husbands and wives and families and relationships and of how they're to be lived out. And in Ephesians chapter 5, he's telling us husbands... I'm getting ahead of you. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for them, okay? Look, look, and notice what he says there. He says, so that he might sanctify and present the church, that's you and me, to himself by the cleansing of the word. It's, it's, God's word has a cleansing effect. It has a cleansing power on our lives. We read it. And as we read it, read it and believe it and understand it and practice it, it's a cleansing power in our lives. God's word is so powerful. We do it. We read it. Uh, we read it for direction. Psalm 119, 105. You know this one. Psalm 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp, what is it, unto my feet and a what? Light unto my path. We read it for direction. Psalms 37, verse 23. Huh? I've I, I ran way ahead of him. Psalms 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. I guarantee you, there's, there's, there's some of you here. You've been faced with having to make a decision. Do I do this or do I do that? Do we go here? Do we move here? Do I take this job? Do I not take this job? What about this decision? And, I, and you've prayed about it. And most likely, you've, you've said, Lord, I just need you to show me. And then, and then you'll read in God's word and you'll get direction. Now, it, it, God's word may not say, yep, you need, to get, you need to go and get a job at Moog. May not say that necessarily to a young Pope back here. But it gives us direction. You know, you need to follow me. You need to trust me. You need to do my will. What's my will? Well, my will is you need to give thanks in all things. And you need to do this, this, and this. And as we walk that out, he gives us 
direction. We go to God's word for comfort. In Deuteronomy chapter, chapter 7, uh, verse 9 is a great verse. We go to him for comfort. It says, know therefore that the Lord your God, he is God, the faithful God, which keeps covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. We, we read of the faithfulness of God. And we think about how he is faithful. We think about how he says in his word that he would never leave us nor forsake us. We think about how they, he's promised not to leave us alone when we're going through those hard times in our life. Or we're going through those times that don't make sense and we didn't, we didn't sign up for it, but now we're in the middle of them. God's in the middle of them with us. He's faithful. We read his word for direction. <clears throat> we read his word for comfort. The Psalms are full of comfort. Barbie and I were on the phone. I put her on, we put, got a call this week. Good friend. And I, I hit speaker. I said, I'm on, Barbie's sitting here with me. I'm going to put you on speakerphone. And, and we sit and we shared and cried with the person. And, and there were some Psalms that just came to mind. I said, let me share a couple of these Psalms. I, you know, I'm not a doctor, but let me give you a prescription. So we read the Psalms for comfort. I remember, I remember this time in my life when I, I was, I had I hadn't confessed my sin, and I was trying to keep it hid. And I was there were things there was there's some dishonesty in my life. I I had not been completely honest with a person as far as what I told them, and I didn't want to deal with it. Didn't want to go back and and admit it and repent. And uh, and so I kind of quit reading God's word because everywhere I read it was convicting. So I thought I'll go to the Psalms, man. I need some comfort, Lord, here. And it's amazing when you're walking in disobedience. I go to the Psalm. And everywhere I read the psalm was, was conviction. Yeah, Phil, I've been there. So God's word not only gives us, gives us direction, God's word not only gives us comfort, but God's word can get in our face with conviction when we, when we need to be confronted with our sin. So we read it. We read it for comfort. We read it for, for direction. We read it for conviction. But most of all, I think is from John is a reminder Jesus was talking with his disciples, and, the, and times had got tough, okay? And, and there's some of the disciples had, had decided they didn't sign up for this, this kind of pressure. They didn't sign up for this kind of sacrifice. And so they just left and walked back. And Jesus looked around and said, hey, are, are you guys with me? Are, are you going back too? And I think, I think it's Peter in John 6, 68. Peter says to him, Lord, where will we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Wow. It's his word. In God's word, he tells us of his great love for us. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he was willing to give his son so that whoever would believe in him, his son, could have everlasting life. It's the words it's his word. It's him. <clears throat> is it John 1 that says, in the beginning was the word, what is, and the word was with God, and what? And the word was God, and the word was made flesh in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the whole embodiment of all that's here. It's him. He is eternal life. Well, in summation, it's kind of like in Psalms chapter 19. <clears throat> uh, again, the psalmist is writing, and he, boy, he, he really gets into it. He says the law, and of course you're going to see different words used for God's word, but look at it. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, 
making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right. Sure, perfect, right, making joy. The commandment of the Lord is pure, opens our eyes, lets us see. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Now look at what it says here. They are more to be more desired than gold, even the purest gold. Now what's he saying? God's word is so precious. God's word is so valuable. It's more valuable than gold. Don't let the world put the wrong price tag on God's word in your life. There's no way to overstate it. And he says that they're true and they're righteous altogether. Did I did we go through 11? Okay. More to be desired than gold, sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover by them is your servant warned. And in keeping them, there's great reward. In keeping them. Now, I'm always reminded when I talk about God's word, Mildred's husband, Nelson. I remember preaching through the book of James one time. And Nelson, I love this because in James chapter 1, we're reminded of verse 22. James says, and don't just be hearers of God's word, but be what? Doers. Nelson would say, he said, pastor, it's not just reading it, but it's in obeying it. Yes, be doers of God's word. Well, the whole purpose this morning that the Lord laid on my heart was not an evangelistic message. If you're here, I hope you know that God's word has eternal life for you if you will put your faith and trust in him who died for you, okay? If you're here and you're like I was when I was just wasn't wanting to be completely honest with a person that I had been deceitful with, and Psalms, uh, Proverbs 28, 13 says, if a man covers his sin, he'll not prosper. But whosoever confesseth and repenteth shall find mercy. Okay? So, but the purpose of the message was not to bring conviction. The whole purpose that the Lord did on my heart, again, is a value and to realize. The number of Sundays that I've gone, that I've got to preach are, are limited. But it's not a waste of time. As a matter of fact, I wanted to take a Sunday and say to you, I cannot overstate how important it is for you to be reading God's word. Read it. Read it when you, when you need it. Read it when you don't think you need it. Read it when you understand it and get all excited. Read it when you don't understand it, but you need to read it anyway. Okay? Just read God's word. There's a couple of songs I'm going to leave you with. And the first one is a catchy tune. I love it. I, I won't try to teach you the whole song, although it's pretty simple. And my granddaughter, who's watching uh, the service this morning from, from the house and eating her bagel and eggs. Uh, she was with, uh, Taylor was with Barbie and me last week, and she said, let's sing that song. Let me read you the verse. This is, uh, read the Bible, Craig. Uh, let's, do the, let's, do the, uh, let's do the verse first, and then we'll down teaching this. I'm going to read the verse to you. We're going to come to the course, and I'm going to teach you the course because you'll love it, okay? But it says, if you're itching to get to heaven, but you ain't looking where you're stepping, then you're bound to end up on the other side. But you can follow the straight and narrow, knowing his eye is on the sparrow, if you don't forget that one important book. Now, here's a course. The course goes like this. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read it morning, noon, and night by candlelight. Yeehaw! Read the Bible, read the Bible, put it in your heart, it'll keep you right. Now, that's a catchy tune. Now, to help us out this morning, and we had Texas here at first service, George and, and Dixie. 
just moved here from Texas. I love the e-haul part, and to kind of help us out this morning, I'm going to go over here with this side, because we've got a lot of, a lot of young couples over here and young folk, and y'all can do the e-haul really good. So when we get to this part, read the Bible, read the Bible, put it in your heart, it'll keep you right. I want y'all to reel out and go, e-haul, ready? All right, here we go. All right, let's try the course. You just be ready. Wake up. Here we go. Now go this go to the course. Read the Bible, read the Bible, read it morning, noon, and night by candlelight. Read the Bible, read the Bible, put it in your heart, it'll keep you right. Good. All right, second verse goes like this. There once was a man named Jesus, and he said that he came to free us from the consequences of our sin. He died on a tree for you and me. His story's there for all to see. You can read it in that one important book. Here we go. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read it morning, noon, and night by candlelight. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Put it in your heart. It'll keep you right. We got one more and watch the end of this. The last one I love. says you've got trials and temptations and you're losing all your patience and your days seem like they'll never end. Hang on. You ever had days like that? You know? Your days seem like they'll never end. Now listen, you can hold up your head and smile a while, and I really like this one. You can even change your style. I used to make excuses. I'm just like that. Late at night, I get grouchy. I just got a temper. I was born with a temper. My family has tempers. You know? I was just, I'm just like that. That's kind of lame. That's really lame, Chase. Because you know what God's Word says? God's Word says that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. And His Word, His Holy Spirit is there to change us. Alright, right, it says, uh, you can hold up here and smile on. You can even change your style if you don't forget that one important book. Here we go, man. We got a little different on Andy. Here we go. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read it morning, noon, and night by candlelight. Read the Bible, read the Bible, put it in your heart, it'll keep you right. Watch this. Put it in your heart, it'll keep you right. Put it in your heart, it'll keep you right. Isn't that neat? All right, let's see, we got to do this is just for me. Yeah, you're the old man, you can placate him. I'm just going to do this course again, and this time, I'm, you're dying. You're dying too. I wish I was sitting over there. This time, we're going to all do the hee-haw. All right? And I want the people who are watching this, you can do this at home. The neighbors will think you're happy. The neighbors will wonder what's going on. They'll come over and bring you cake and cookies, thinking something happened, okay? So just get into it. We're going to all e-haw so loud that they're going to hear it on YouTube. Here we go. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Read it morning, noon, and night by candlelight. E-haw! Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Put it in your heart, it'll keep you right. Here we go. Put it in your heart, it'll keep you right. One time. Put it in your heart, it'll keep you right. All right. Well, I love it. I love it. I'm telling you, the, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir needs to get out of the way. Y'all did awesome. All right, let's, for, for, for the last course, let's go back to one that you all know. You know it. And it's a VBS course. The B-I-B-L-M. Remember this? All right, now, but but we got to do a little. It's, it's, uh, we got, it, it's not hardly lunchtime yet. Uh, so I'm, I'm awesome. I've got plenty of time. But this, when we, when we sing this now, 
this morning used to, uh, you know, used to we had there's the Bible, but I know this morning you got you got some of you got the phones, iPads, uh, whatever you've got the Bible on. Okay, uh, when we when we say I'll stand alone, I want you to stand and bring your your word with you. Now, if you've got if you're on if you're on the phone and you're looking to see what the latest news is or the forecast or the sports or get scores, get that get that screen off. And uh, I, I love it. Bart, I, I love this. It's so neat to have these Bible apps on your phone. Oh, I love that. Uh, neat. All right, let's, let's say the B-I-B-L-E. We're stand alone and then we're going to stand and we'll sing the second course and we'll be out there close. You ready? The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God. The B-I-B-L-E. Oh, just now. The B-I-B-L-E. I'll take along with me. I'll read and pray and then obey. The B-I-B-L-E. Father, thank you so much for your Word that's alive. It's living. It's sharper than any sword could be sharpened. It's powerful because it can come in and it can, it can slice away. It can, it can uh, fillet out our, our, our thoughts and our intentions and the very uh, innermost parts of our being so that you can cleanse that which needs cleansing, so that you can direct when we need direction, so that you can comfort when we need comforting, so that you can confront when we need confronting. But Lord, most of all, that we find eternal life in your word. We find you in your word. Thank you for that. Lord, it's my prayer that we'd be so excited and not let that excitement for your word, don't let it dwindle out. Don't let it burn out. Because to know you is to love you. And the more we know you is to love you more and more. You are the lily of the valley. You're the bright and morning star. You're the rose of Sharon. You're the lover of our soul. And we see you, we hear you, we sense your very presence.